and welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. This is our third edition of our six World Card Game preview episodes, and we've had two NFC games, but now it's our first AFC matchup, and it is the four-seed Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the fifth-seed Los Angeles Chargers. And with me, I've got two returning guests to the podcast. First of all, our Chargers fan, who I met for the first time actually in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, got back with us. You hear who's here for the Chargers season preview, Tyler Lawrence. How are you, mate? Oh, good, man. Glad to, that I was able to take you to a game at SoFi Stadium. I know you had a lot of fun there, even though you had to leave a little bit early. Uh, probably worked out for the best because the Dolphins did not play very well that game, did they? <laughs> no. And it speaks volumes that the one touchdown I did see was that really weird one where Tyreek Hill sort of picked up a fumble and I ran it to the house. Um, and it's actually coincidental that actually my flight was delayed by five hours, so I didn't know this until I got to die. I rushed around to leave SoFi. By the way, the worst Uber service I ever had. It was an awkward one to get the stage to get out of. But um, yeah, it's ironic that I left, rushed around to get to this airport, and then I could have actually stayed for the rest of the game. And I missed, of course, a really good touchdown from Tyreek Hill in the second half. So um, yeah, but it was not a good performance from what I watched at the stadium as well as what I watched on the second half YouTube highlights. But it was it was good to meet you, though. Good to meet you for the first time in person. And good to have you back on the show. Yeah, man. Glad, uh, glad to be here. And then our next guest was on the pod a while ago, so over a year ago. He came on for our review of Jags against Dolphins in London. I got back with us, Lee White, or other known as Brit Jag. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Um, yeah, for, for a Jaguar, the, the seasons don't go this well normally, so I'm I'm in a great mood. Yeah, of course. Well, for all of us, but you two particularly, um, your first playoff appearances in years. I mean, it's Chargers' first appearance since 2018 season, and it's Jags' first appearance, I believe, since the 2017 season when you went all the way to the AFC title game. Um, so, keeping with you, Lee, um, what's your take been on the season overall? And did you ever expect, going into it, that you would not only make the playoff, but also do so as the division winner? Um to be honest, the the playoffs was a situation that I just didn't think would kind of come into come into question this year. Um, I was quite hopeful of a better season. Um, that's not difficult given last year under Urban Meyer and that whole situation. That was just an absolute mess. So it wasn't going to be difficult to improve on that. But um, given the midway point of this season, it didn't look like it was going all that great. But down the stretch, we really come into our own and Doug has got Trevor playing to our, a whole other level, um, something we've not seen in Jacksonville, I, I don't think ever. Um, so it's a very exciting time in, in Jacksonville. Yeah, and of course, last time he made the playoffs, Blake Bortles was your quarterback. And I, I think it's safe to say that Trevor Lawrence is a, a massive upgrade on Blake Bortles. So I think you should you should go into this game with a lot of confidence, I feel. Um Going back to you, Tyler, on your Chargers, of course, is your first appearance since 2018. I think you lost to the Patriots in the wildcard round. Um, what's your take been on, on the season overall and how it's gone, again, considering what was probably, you could say, a slow start to the season? Uh, slow start to the season was really brought on by a slew of injuries the Chargers had really quickly to begin the season. I mean, you're talking about losing Keenan Allen for half the year. Uh, J.C. Jackson never came back well from his injury. We lost Mike Williams for a while, Corey Lindsley, Joey Bosa. I mean, they 
every star player that you could possibly point to on this team, including Justin Herbert, was was injured for a good part of the year. Justin Herbert played through those injuries. Uh, I think we were really looking at like a 13-14 win season this year, and it just didn't materialize um, at the start. Now that we're getting healthy, we're going into the playoffs almost at full strength. Uh, the only player that we're still missing that was supposed to play a pretty significant role uh, was J.C. Jackson. We should potentially be getting Rayshon Slater back uh, next week. He won't be available for the wild card game, but uh, he tore his bicep and still managed to come back potentially in the same season uh, if we end up getting a win in Jacksonville. Yeah, looking at the injury report right now, I mean, for the Chargers, there was obviously the Mike Williams incident. He's um, on the injury list for back injury. Did not practice on Wednesday. Um, fully practiced people like Joey Bosa fully practiced. Kenneth Murray fully practiced. So there's players there as well that are sort of getting... Um, Kenneth Murray, this, um, yeah. So these players are getting back into fitness and for the Jaguars-wise. Um, Trevor Lawrence, actually, an injury doubt. He's had some sort of a limited practice uh, today, or yesterday, I should say. So his game status is unspecified, but you'd imagine there won't be a lot that would stop him playing in this game. Um, of course, you both mentioned it there, poor starts to the season. So the Chargers started 5-5 five and five and the uh, Jags did start 2-6. and six. So both teams have really had a good run to the end of the season down the stretch. They've had a really good... I think they both go into this game with a lot of confidence. I think that's why this is probably one of the more exciting games going into this weekend because Bill Dolphins is probably a one-sided affair. Ravens, Bengals, same thing. But this one seems to me like it could be one of the more exciting ones, particularly in the AFC. I think this is probably the more exciting one for neutrals to watch anyway. Um, looking at the stats as well, uh, when it comes to offense, the Jags are a 10th in passing offense and 14th in uh, running, rushing offense and the Chargers are third when it comes to passing offense, but only 30th, which is surprising in, run off, in rushing offense. And then defensively, uh, the Jags are eighth when it comes to their pass defense and the Chargers are seventh, whereas the run defense sees the Jags 12th and the Chargers 28th. Now back to you, Tyler. Um, how do you see this game for your team being won and lost? I really think it's going to be up to our run defense. Um, our pass defense has been really strong. And from weeks, I want to say like 12 to, to 16 or 17, we had the number one defense in the NFL over that period. Um, I think part of it is us getting healthy at the right time. Uh, and I, I really think that where we struggles and in, in run defense and uh, slowing down Travis Etienne, uh, last time it was James Robinson who had a big game. James Robinson is no longer on this team. Uh, can the Chargers uh, stop Travis Etienne and a really improved uh, offensive line that Jacksonville has built up over the last year? Yeah, I think that's really one of the key matchups is that, you know, I think there's lots, actually a lot of talk as well about the decision to play starters in last week for the Chargers. But I think for the for the Jags, I mean, they probably go into the playoffs as one of the more informed teams have had such a good end to the season. But I think it is down to, you know, if you can limit Keenan Allen and if Mike Williams isn't 100%, then that does leave issues for the Chargers to who to throw to. I know Eckler can also do it as a sort of, dual threat back but I think this if the Chargers can stop Keenan Allen if the Jags can stop Keenan Allen then I think that we could be set for a really good interesting interesting matchup um what well, sure because obviously this is a rare occasion where a coach is probably on the hot seat despite his team in the playoffs um Brandon Staley has had a interesting first two years as a coach 
He's um, received some positive and um, negative reviews about his time so far. But what was your take on, well, firstly, his time as your coach and how the season's gone for him. But also, what was your take, Tyler, on the decision to play the starters in the final week, despite the position in the playoffs already being locked up? Uh, I don't think Brandon Staley's on the hot seat at all. I think every analyst wants him to be on the hot seat because they don't like his coaching style, his aggressiveness, uh, just kind of his philosophy, but it works, right? And there's been no talk about him being on the hot seat whatsoever. I mean, you make the playoffs, you're you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, you go on a five-game win streak um, there at the end of the season to go and get yourself into the playoffs. Uh, he's he's kind of a wild card. He's a cowboy. That's kind of just his philosophy and how he uh, how he wants to coach his team and and just his demeanor right uh the chargers are all bought in uh doesn't seem like he has any issue with the players not like he's losing the locker room he's very much got that locker room bought in on his style of football and everybody's into it so i'm not calling uh his jobs about as safe as it possibly could be fair enough i mean i i do i still do question his decision to play the starters because whilst it looks like he's got away with it in terms of you know joey bosa's fully practicing um, you know, Mike Williams may well still play on the weekend. So I think, you know, yeah, let's actually talk about that real quick. Um, in terms of playing the starters at the end of the game, granted, I would have liked to see them more on a snap count, but uh, my podcast host, Zach Alfers, came up with a really, really interesting stat. So for teams that go and rest their starters after already locking up a playoff spot, for those guys that rest their starters, they end up losing in the playoffs 30 percent of the time those who go and play their starters it's closer to like 75 to 80 percent win so i think it's important that you keep a team in rhythm um maybe limiting snaps but continue to make sure that they get in a rhythm that final game of the season because it really throws off the entire team when uh, a player comes back after having a whole week off this isn't like a bye week right uh, this is just you, you've built in some sort of um, philosophy and coaching style and rhythm into your game day decisions. And if you go and you rest your starters, it can actually hurt your team overall. I do see a point. I think one example I can think of top of my head is the Ravens. I think it was a 2019 season. They came in as the number one overall seed. They were a lot of people's favorites to go on a mate Super Bowl. And they had, the, they had, a, they had a, um, you know, they had a obviously bye week because they were number one overall seed. And it comes to the next week, and lo and behold, the Titans beat them, and that was one of the biggest shocks of the season. And I think there is definitely pros and cons to both. I think you know it could easily go one way where you know let's say the Giants playing and Barkley gets a big injury, or could have been the Chargers and Justin Herbert could have gone down. But I think the Buccaneers actually may have had the perfect way of doing it. They played the starters for the first, I think it was at least the first quarter and a half, if not, it might have been until halftime. But I think they did it the perfect way is that you keep that, you avoid that restlessness. The players still get game time, a bit like a preseason game, to be honest. But at the same time, you avoid the injury risk. And I know Mike Evans is questionable, but I think that there is definitely pros and cons of both. But I think I like what the Buccaneers did, the fact they did sort of have the best of both worlds. They rested their starters and also played them in the same game. Um, we mentioned coaches, of course, flipping over to the Jaguars. Uh, of course, last season was a complete disaster with Urban Meyer. This season, Doug Peterson's come in and completely changed the, the franchise. He's completely 
changed the attitude in the locker room. I think most people can see that's happened. Um, someone called it the best decision Shad Khan's made in his whole tenure. Would you agree with that, Lee? Absolutely. Yeah, he's got the whole team built, uh, bought in. It's just it. It's a complete one eighty. It the team feels completely different. The team seems a lot happier. We are now hearing small bits come out from certain players that they're making comments about what it was like last year under Urban Meyer, and in that same breath, they're saying that Doug is 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 the man that that we needed in. For me personally, I think he's got to be a top contender for coach of the year. Um, we've had back-to-back first overall picks and he's led us to the AFC South Championships and, and to the playoffs. So he's, he's got to be in the conversation and he, he's done an incredible job. I'm going to have to disagree there on coach of the year. I think that whilst it's a good achievement that they made the playoffs, I think they're also... They're fortunate that is a bad division, and the Titans did really capitulate and really most. I think the Titans were seven and three at one point, um, and I think they completely just capitulated on the offense. And I think it's, um, I think whilst done a great job, I think there were other candidates like Brian Dable, like a Pete Carroll, I think, um, like Carl Shanahan, Kevin O'Connell. I think they all, for me personally, I know you might guys think differently, but I think those four for me are probably more worthy contenders in my eyes than Peterson. Even though he's done a really good job, I just think that maybe a bit fortunate that it is down to a really bad division. I disagree. I actually totally think Doug Peterson's in the coach of the year race. I mean, you take a team that had the worst two seasons that you've seen in quite a long time, and he has totally turned that around. Uh, he's got Trevor Lawrence thrown for over 4,000 yards. Uh, he's made helped make uh, personnel decisions with trading away James Robinson and still managed to get this team back on track. Big reason why a lot of players came to Jacksonville uh, was because Doug Peterson has such a, a history of developing talent. Um, and he's he's got his team in the playoffs. He won, a, even if it is a weak division, he won that division when the Titans were heavy favorites. And then he won the most important game of the year, which is a game that got him into the playoffs. So without a doubt, Doug Peterson's got to be in the top three uh, candidates of winning that award. And who would you give that award to? If you were on the committee giving picking the award winner, um, who would you pick as your coach of the year? Uh, Brian Dables definitely has to be in consideration. Uh, and then also you take a look at what the Bills just went through with DeMar Hamlin uh, the fact that they are sitting at 13 and three, um, he's kind of getting lost because everyone's saying, oh, the Bills are just so good. They're so good. They're so good. But as a coach, as a, a, a leader of men, um, I can't think of the Bills head coach right now. Uh, what's his name? Paul McDermott. Uh, yeah, McDermott. Like he managed to, he stopped the game, right? Like him and, and um, Zach Taylor walked out on the field together. Uh, shook hands, decided that the game did not matter that much. That is a leadership type of – that's what you want to see from your leaders, right? And the head coach is the ultimate leader. And for him to go out there and, and handle that situation the way that he did, a team that is sitting at 13-3, best record uh, in the NFL, uh, second best record in the NFL tied with the Chiefs, like you're, you're looking at exactly what you want from your uh, number one – uh, leader on the team. 
Yeah, I think he's done a great job. I think pretty much since he's joined the Bills, I think it was 2017, 2016 when he, or 2018 when he, when he became the head coach of the Bills. I think you know he's got them to their first playoff appearance in with the 25 years, won on their first you know division title in over 20 years. You know all the stuff he's done, and I think the one thing he's missing right now is a ring or a Super Bowl appearance. And I think that is the next step. But I think that will happen. I do think that you know it will happen, whether it's this season or next. I think they are due. An appearance, I think the only thing stopping them really, I think, is the Chiefs and whether they can finally um, remove that hoodoo they've got they seem to have um, with the Chiefs at the moment. Uh, Lee, over to you. Who would you give as your thing on that before we we just close that out? So let's also take into account, and the voters should definitely be looking at this, it's Brian Dable who's next in line, who was underneath Sean McDermott. That shouldn't be lost on voters that the – the runner-up for coach of the year, in my opinion, is also coming from his coaching tree. Like, that's so important when you're taking that into account. Yes, yeah, certainly. Look at them, the, the famous one with, um, you know, Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, and I think there's seemingly now becoming another great coaching tree, the McDermott coaching tree, you could say. So I think, yeah, both of them are doing are doing great jobs. Um, and yeah, Lee, would you maybe give it to Peterson or is there, which coach would you say which get, would, would get your vote? Um, obviously, I'm biased, but um, I think Peterson is is right up there. Um, I understand what you say, and it, and it was a weak division, but he also flipped a team that was on a five-game losing streak and, and saw out the season with big wins. We beat the Ravens, we beat the Cowboys, had to beat the Titans twice to, to, to kind of capitalise on that. Um, but as you guys said, uh, Brian Dayball is, is a very strong contender as well. Um Obviously, that Giants team has has struggled. Um, Daniel Jones going into the season was a massive question mark for a lot. I mean, not extending him, it 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 raised a lot of questions, and we didn't know what direction the the Giants would be going in. But that they're a very strong team, and that that can't be ignored. They're a strong team, and they don't even have the same level of talent as a lot of the other teams in the playoffs. That in itself should say a lot about Brian Dable's ability to develop talent because that is not a, 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 a playoff roster, and he got them to the playoffs. Yeah, I think Brian Dable was a really good candidate. I think Pete Cowell is one. I think he's definitely a strong contender because a team that was written off completely at the start of the year um, – has done it, has gotten to the playoffs. Uh, I give to Cal Shanahan because I think to get a third string quarterback, uh, Mr. Relevant from this year, the last pick in the draft, I think to scheme the team the way he's done and get them to not only win the division, but also be one of the favourites to win the whole thing. And also the fact that, you know, the Rams, of course, were super holders and, you know, everyone thought they'd be the team getting through. So I think, and also and the McCaffrey trade as well, I think to him and the general manager to Great get that great year for coaches oh it's been great I mean there's so many more we haven't even mentioned I mean I would say McDaniel until five weeks ago I think he still got to the playoffs in his first year but I wouldn't put him anywhere near but I think there has definitely been a lot of good coaching performances Andy Reid of course losing Tyree Kill still getting his team to number one overall seed Nick Sirianni of course the Eagles uh, McCarthy's done well but I wouldn't say yes I think there's been a lot of good coaches in the league but we go ahead to our final segment of the episode, which is going to be our prediction episode. We're going to give, as it do with every game preview, we'll give each fan a chance to predict who they think will win the game in question. So back to you, Lee. What's your prediction for this game? Um, I am going to go for a Jags win. Um, I think it's going to be 
very tight. Um, and I think, uh, as you mentioned earlier, with being one of the kind of the hottest matchups in this round, I think seeing Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Herbert, it, I mean, you've got two quarterbacks there, I think they're going to be top, top players in the league for the foreseeable future. Um, and we get to see them go head to head again for the second time this season. Obviously, the first time Justin was was beat up and he wasn't able to to kind of give it his hundred percent. So I'm, I'm I'm really excited to to see that. I'm really hoping that our run game can can be strong. Um, Etn is due a big game. He has had a quiet few weeks, um, really. Um, well, he's numbers wise, he he's been okay, but. The game hasn't really gone through him, um, so I feel like he's due due a big one, and I, I feel like he could be the player that could just edge it for us. Um, so I'll go for Jags twenty four, Chargers twenty one. Okay, okay, and over to you, Tyler, for your prediction for this game. Uh, I think that the Chargers roster overall is better. I think that the coaching really goes in the favor of Doug Peterson. Uh, and it really just depends on whether or not the Chargers can can beat the Jaguars based off their talent alone uh, and hoping that w- the the coaching decisions doesn't keep it as tight as, as it's probably going to be. Uh, but I think overall the Chargers just have so many superstars and they're all healthy again. Uh, even with Mike Williams, Mike Williams had back spasms. That shouldn't keep him out uh, too long. Um, I think it could be kind of a high-scoring game uh, just because I think playoff games are always seem to go go, out, go that way. So I'm going to go with like a 38-28 Chargers. Um, I really think that the Chargers have a, the ability to put up a lot of points. And I, I don't think that the Jaguars are going to lay down. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the defensive side of this game goes. There's a lot of turnovers, um, you know, fumble return for a touchdown, pick six, something of that nature. Um, but I, I feel like this could be a high-scoring affair. Yeah, I, I think that would be some game. If it was 38-28, I think that would be – I think it would, it would be hard to find a game that's better than that this weekend if it is that score. Um, for myself, I, I had – for the first few weeks, days of the week, I had the Jaguars winning this game because I wasn't sure on the status of Joey Bosa, on Mike Williams. But it seems like at the moment – well, Joey Bosa is going to be playing and Mike Williams may well play this game. So I've actually flipped from the Jags to the Chargers and I'm going to give it as, what score should I do? I'll do ooh, 27 to 20 to the Chargers. Uh, I think it'll be a, I'm not going to say it's a walk-off touchdown because that's just tempting fate. I don't want to jinx what could be a great end of the game, but I think um, it will be a late touchdown to win it maybe or maybe They'll get a two-touchdown lead, the Chargers. Maybe the Jags get one back in garbage time. But yeah, I do think it will be an exciting game. I think this might be, this will be, I think, the game of the, of the week in terms of the more, most exciting climax to a game. And yeah, I think the Chargers are going to win. Um, so that is the end of this Chargers against Jaguars preview. So thank you, Lee, and thank you, Tyler, for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, always a pleasure coming on. Uh, kind of just want to put my final thoughts on this. Uh, I think that the Chargers have the opportunity to really pressure the secondary of the Jaguars. Uh, Tyson Campbell is a really good cornerback, but outside of that, Darius Williams, uh, kind of a player who's always played his best under Sean McVay, 
Monteric Brown, Chris Claybrooks. Uh, I think that the Chargers wide receivers just are going to overpower them, and that's kind of why I gave them that 38 points. Hey, yeah, so, no, I you know Rayshon Jenkins very well. Rayshon Jenkins takes terrible uh, angles to the ball carrier. Uh, Andre Cisco, still a very young player. I kind of think that's what is going to to uh, propel us quite a bit is is the secondary. What are your thoughts on that, Lee? Do you agree with that the fact your secondary could get exposed, or are you just facing your boys? Um, uh, our secondary has been very Jekyll and Hyde this season. Um, it's kind of one of two things. Like the likes of Cisco, he's come strong at the end of the season. He seems to have really started finding his feet. Uh, Tyson Campbell really has improved the season. Last year, he early part of last year under Urban Meyer, he really, really struggled. Um, it, obviously, you don't want to throw the word around, the bust word around, but he, he genuinely looked like that at times. He looked like he couldn't handle it, but he's now become one of the top cornerbacks in the league. Um, has had a great end of the season. Um, we have had a shift around in our in our secondary. Uh, Darius Williams now moved to the outside. He was uh, playing nickel for the most part of the season, and was we were getting exposed a lot. Um, so I think it all depends which teams, which defense shows up for us. Um, the Titans game, we were they were fantastic. So I'm really hoping we can carry on over, but it's cost us. The, I can't. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. Didn't have concerns about the the Chargers' receiver core because freely. So in terms of that secondary, right? Like they, it is Jacqueline Hyde. I really like that you said that, right? Because um, it, it really is. Like I think Tyson Campbell is probably one of the best corners in the draft last year, right? Um, and really, what's the strength of your defense is your guys' front, right? Vatukasi, Devon Hamilton, Roy Robertson, right? Has Devin Lloyd. Uh, has Chad Muma jumped Devin Lloyd on the depth chart? Because that's kind of what ESPN is showing. I haven't really watched a whole lot of film. Um, has that happened? I would say so. Um, Devin Lloyd it's came out of the gates really, really quickly. Um, first couple of weeks, he was being talked about an awful lot. Being talked as a de- uh, defensive rookie of the year candidate. Um, and he, uh, about midway through the season, he just seemed to hit a wall. And just really struggled to kind of maintain the progress they've made. And Chad Moon really stepped in. And he's, I would, wouldn't say he's, he's not as talented as Devin Lloyd, but he's more consistent. He's, uh, he's a safe bet. And, and sometimes you just need that. You need, you need that rather than, uh, as I mentioned, like yeah. the Jack and the Hyde side of things. It's, yeah, because Devin Lloyd had probably his best game of the year against the Chargers last year. I think he had like three pass deflections and an interception, and he had like a sack, and he ended up finishing the game with like, you know, five, six, seven tackles, something like that. He was all over the place that game, and I was like, wow. Because uh, Devin Lloyd is my favorite linebacker in this class, and Chad Muma was a third round, maybe a fourth round draft pick for you guys out of Wyoming. So it's kind of interesting to see one rookie jump another rookie on the depth chart when you look at their draft positions. Yeah, and that's certainly, I think, I that's, that's a fascinating uh, insight because, you know, I, I don't watch your teams week in, week out. Obviously, it's, um, for me, it's mainly a dolphins and red zone double screen sort of thing. So it's really interesting to hear you guys, people who watch your teams week in, week out. It's really cool to see an insight into what goes on exactly, play by play. Uh, but yeah, thank you both for coming on. It's been a great podcast. So thank you both for coming on. Uh, anything exciting in the pipeline for either of you the next few weeks? 
yeah, I got a lot of things in my pipeline. So I am a season ticket holder. There is a, a possibility that the Chargers do get to host a, a playoff game sometime this season. Uh, it would require either the Ravens or the uh, Dolphins winning to to get there. So that is an opportunity. Um, we got some things going on with our, our Say It Again network that I'll get to share with you uh, shortly. Um, we're looking into that. Um, and yeah, the, the season is still ahead of us. It's not over. Uh, one of us is going to be walking away next week happy. The other one, well, <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> well, more likely two of us, two of the three of us as well. I think I, 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 we will be doing our Dolphins Bills preview later on in the week, but I, I, I personally, I think it's a, a point five percent chance of um, there being two of us in this in this podcast today. Happy next week, but we yeah. can hope. Well, Tua's um, not going to be playing, right? No, so... no it's Skyler Thompson. So unless he goes full Nick Foles and just completely shocks everyone, I think that we Rob will be. Um, did it. Yeah, Brock Purdy, he's been a great choice, but I think from what I see from Skylar Thompson, it's not great. And if, and if any of you saw him against the Jets, it was... What's going on with Teddy? Uh, broken finger. I, th- I think it's, it's something's broken. I think it's a broken wrist or broken finger, but yeah, it's one of the worst performances I've seen from a quarterback who's won a game. I think there's not many people I've seen have a worse performance and come out on the winning side. You know, he was... Um, I saw green meme is like the kid who gets an A without doing the homework or something. It's um yeah, it was not it was not a great performance. But you know, you know, you never know. You never know. The Bills could have an off day. Josh Allen could get struck by lightning the night before the game. Uh, so yeah, there's there's it hope. <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. You never know. Um, and how about you, Lee? Anything exciting for yourself in the next few weeks? Um, no, just uh, like I said, obviously at this moment in time, still hoping for a bit of a playoff adventure, but. To be perfectly honest with you, regardless of the result this week, it's been such an overwhelmingly positive season for the Jags, um, and right. it's just yeah, and and that's and that's it, and that's not something we've we felt like we had for a long time. It felt like that was happening when we drafted Trevor originally, and then last season started to raise a lot of questions, not just about about him, um, but just the, the franchise as a whole and. We thought we had turned the corner and it was all falling apart again. So regardless of the result this week, it's just it's nice to nice not to be talking about the draft at this point, because normally we're right. we're doing that by the beginning of high December. So um yeah, no, just just uh looking forward to that. And yeah, and then the off season continues to build. Fantastic. How many, uh, uh top five draft picks have you had being a Jacksonville fan over the last ten years? <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I think I, well, it was only one season. I think we weren't in the top ten, and that was 2017 when we to the AFC Championship game, yeah. as from memory. So yeah, it's yeah, Jalen Ramsey, Trevor Lawrence. You've got uh, Trayvon, uh, Tra- um, uh, Tr- uh, Walker. You're you're an edge rusher, Trayvon. Uh, yeah, and then Kaylavi yeah. on Chasen was a, a top five pick. Yeah, man, it's all over the place. Yeah, and there's so many that aren't even with us anymore. Like C.J. Henderson, um, we traded him away, and he was a ninth overall pick. Ninth overall, uh, Leonard Fournette. It's just been it's it's just been oh, a revolving door. Top four pick. He was a, yeah. a fourth overall pick. Yeah, it's just all over the place. It's and so few of uh, we just we haven't been able to build a roster, and it's finally feels like we are actually starting to build something. So it's been such a refreshing season under Doug and. And just to know we we've got some stability, and 
working our way up. Yeah, you can catch this game on at 8.15 Eastern or 1.15 AM if you're a UK listener. Uh, NBC for Americans, Sky Sports for Brits. This has been the Across the Pod podcast. I've been Andy. This has been Tyler. This has been Lee. And we will see you guys for our next game preview. Don't forget to listen to the Shock Therapy podcast. Find it on all, everywhere. Uh, I'm the host of that. And we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. Thanks.